From Mountain Home to Raft River, we've got all the District 4 analysis you'll need to know. This is the Magic Valley PrepCast with Scott Burton. That's right. It's another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Breaking down everything in District 4. Brandon Bainey alongside Scott Burton. We took last week off because of the Thanksgiving holiday. And Scott, you look like you're still in holiday mode. <laughs> I'm uh, just actually trying to uh, rep a little street cred, Brandon. Uh, I feel like I'm a little short these days. Yeah. Well, uh, for those of you that are watching the video on IdahoSports.com, you can see Scott's uh, finest Jerome Tigers ball cap worn backwards, of course, uh, aviator sunglasses, because, you know, the bright lights of his office. <laughs> You know, honestly, you've got that portrait of Coach K on the wall back there. If I had to stare at that thing every day, I think I'd go blind as well. So, oh, well, we have a problem with Coach K. Oh, and the gloves are off, Brandon. I I don't know if you heard or not this year. It's kind of been underreported, but this is his final season. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, I heard that on the great through the grapevine. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes and beats Gonzaga. And did you watch that game? Oh yeah, that was an epic game. Yeah, for sure. So you kind of are, and I'm a Duke fan. I've always been a Duke fan ever since I was a little kid. So, you know, you got to have Coach K go out as a champion on his final year. It's just only fitting for best college coach ever. One of the best. And they've got a great freshman, Paolo Bancaro, who looks awesome. And Mm -hmm. I'm a UCLA fan. So it was uh, made me sick to watch Gonzaga defeat UCLA by 20 and then watch Duke turn around and, and beat Gonzaga. So. Yeah, UCLA didn't uh, put up much of a fight to to claim a number two spot, did they? No, they sure didn't. So that's all right. They'll go back to the lying low like they do, and we'll just get hot at March Madness again. That's all that matters. I mean, that's the thing about basketball versus football in college is, you know, drop a few here and there in college, make the tournament, get a good seed, make a run, get hot. And uh, college football is a whole different story. I mean, we've seen the shakeups already with the Michigan's big win. Yes. So, it's been a been a season of chaos in college football as well. Well, we uh, officially turned to the page. We're done with the fall sports season, and uh, you talked about in basketball how really it's it's all about momentum at the right time. And this is going to segue perfectly into what we want to do this week. Uh, we are going to preview what's going on in girls basketball in the Magic Valley. Now, most teams are already have played you know three four games. Um, So we've got an idea at least of who's looking good out of the gates. And of course, all of our girls basketball previews are up on our website, idahosports.com. And we're working on the boys basketball previews right now. Hopefully by the start of next week, we will have every team up on the site for boys basketball as well. And so it's funny because uh, momentum is a strange thing. And last year, Burley uh, got to state, had to play Middleton, a team that hadn't lost all year, but, Burley was playing its best basketball of the season at state knocked out Middleton. And really that kind of caused a, a big tidal wave through the four, a state girls basketball tournament a year ago. Yeah. I mean, it, it did. And when you are knocking out the, uh, the favorite to win it all, then it's like the floodgates open and it's amazing what it does to everybody else in that ripple effect, because now everybody has a fair shot at winning, you know, you, you took Goliath down and all, now it's like everybody's got a chance. Everybody's more excited, uh, knowing that they actually have a have a chance to win this thing. And that was Burley last year. The Blackfoot girls ended up winning the 4A title last year. They had to win the play-in game just to get to state. <laughs> and then they and yeah, up- and, yeah, and you talk about getting hot at the right time. You know, it, that's exactly what happened to Blackfoot. 
And, uh, you know, we, we see that in sports all the time. It's, it's not always about the best team in these types of formats. It's just about sometimes who gets hot, who can survive injuries, you know, and uh, I mean, we've seen it in, in professional sports. We've seen it in college sports. I mean, I remember the San Francisco Giants winning World Series after World Series as a wild card coming in, you know, and we've seen it in the NFL. We've seen it in college sports and we see it in high school sports, too. It's it's are you hot at the right time? So this is our girls basketball preview here on the Magic Valley Prepcast, and that's where we want to start is with the Burley Bobcats because is that, they, is that your way of reminding me to stay out of the professional sports arena. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like I like when you can tie it into all of your favorite okay. teams right, right, right. that only you care about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all about me, and it's all about me. That's, that's right. Forget that. Yeah, you, well, you've definitely got that Hollywood persona going on today. So. <laughs> All right. I'll segue with you. Yeah. Okay. So, so Burley is where we want to start this conversation because they are the, they are the overwhelming favorites this year. They've got Amari Whiting who has committed to Oregon, which by the way, is a top 10 program right now in women's college basketball. Uh, Scott, you've been in the magic Valley a long time. Has there, has there been a basketball player that has come through? It's almost like with Colston Loveland in football for gooding this year, there's going to be a lot of people wanting to tune in to Burley and Amari Whiting specifically. Yeah. Amari Whiting is, I mean, she is just one of those special talents that comes along last night. She uh, put up 25 points, 16 boards in a blowout win. So, I mean, it wasn't even like she was needed on the floor, but that's another day at the office for her. And uh, I mean, she is just a, a gamer. I mean, she can, she's got all three facets of the game. She can dribble past shoot and, uh, you know, she's quick. She can play some defense. I mean, this this kid is is really, you know, a, something special. And it'd be fun to watch her as how she goes because, I mean, she's only a junior, you know, so she's going to have another year of getting better. And physically, she's got the build, you know. I mean, she's she's tall for a girl, but she's a tall guard. She can handle the basketball. and she, But she's not one of those selfish players that is getting up 35 shots a game. You know, and as she goes, Burley goes. And uh, if she can get everybody involved, you know, Burley will remain undefeated. They're undefeated as we speak now. Yeah, five and zero overall, two and zero early on in the Great Basin Conference. So, mm-hmm. do you do you ever remember a player coming through on the girls' side that that could compare to this? Yeah, I I I can. I mean, I don't know exactly where where Amari's going to wind up as far as when she graduates, but there have been some players that have come through. Um, uh, Aubrey Callen is one that came out of, uh, out of Jerome in the mid two thousands that uh, really got a lot of attention. Um, Claire Bodensteiner out of Minico, and she ended up going to Stanford, I believe. And so there's been some, but there hasn't been many, let's put it that way. And, and Amari is definitely one of them. Aubrey Callen is uh, the new head coach at Highland this year. Yes. Your head coach. Yeah. Yeah. Former uh, player of mine. I was coaching girls at the time when she was coming through. Okay. So I've got a new ally when we need to vent about Scott Burton. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you do. And I could, you have a laundry list of allies for that, Brandon. (laughs) I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to look too far, right? No, you, you, you don't, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So if Burley is the favorite, 
who who's the second favorite mountain home mm-hmm. got the other spot to state last year they look good out of the gate four and two overall they're also two and oh in the league but but what do you think mountain home is going to be the one that's going to push burley uh i think you know they've got size and that's one thing you can't coach in girls basketball is mountain home's got some size and they've got a good point guard and uh you know, that's the, the coach's kid, you know, uh, Coach Keener's kid. And and she is she's quite a player herself. You know, I mean, we're not talking to Mari Whiting yet, but she's the one that controls everything from Mountain Home. But the size of Mountain Home is really going to give people some fits because Mountain Home is going to get you into paint. And uh, and I've been calling state tournaments for a long time. And I'll tell you. The teams that win it all are the teams that score in a paint. I mean, you can have the best guard line in the world, but if you don't score close to the basket, the chances of you winning ball games, especially when you start getting into foreign gyms at state and whatnot, I mean, it, it decreases your chances big time. And Mountain Home is the one team that can get it done in a paint. Yeah, we saw that last year with Blackfoot. They had Hadley Humphreys uh, mm-hmm. down low, double-double machine yeah. uh, in the paint. So. I agree with that point totally. Uh, so Burley looks good. Mountain Home looks good. Madeline Keener, the point guard for, for Mountain mm-hmm. Home. Other players we want to keep an eye on, Carly Latta from Minico. She was just a freshman last year, and I actually broadcasted her first high school game. They were at Idaho Falls. Um, they were playing the Tigers in a non-conference game, and she she looked really fluid as a freshman. So I'm excited to see what she can do in her sophomore year. Oh, yeah, no question about it. Carly Latta is, is going to be the real deal. I mean, she already – is the real deal as a sophomore this year. Uh, she's going to be serving a, a role just like Amari is for Burley, just like Keener is for Mountain Home. She's going to be the one that's doing that in uh, Minico. And it's funny because you look at <clears throat> this conference and it's it's really those three teams. And then I think you get a little drop off, but those three top teams have got something in common. They've got solid point guards that are controlling the show. And in girls basketball, you know, sometimes that's a hard thing to develop, but, but those three teams right there have got floor generals. Yep. Minico was picked third in the preseason coaches poll. Twin falls was picked fourth. We talked about the state volleyball champs, state soccer champs. A lot of those athletes are going to be on the basketball uh, court. Probably the player to watch for is, uh, see, see, I knew her as Kaylin Bailey, uh, but, uh, Chowder Bailey, that's her unofficial nickname now. And that's what's listed in our preview chowder Bailey from twin. Chowder Bailey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, twins going to be one of those teams that uh, is going to get better. They were young last year, you know, under uh, head coach, Nancy Jones, who has since retired and has turned the reins over to Mike Amaya. And uh, he's going to have a, a really good crop of young kids coming in for the next couple of years. So twin, if they mature, it's going to be mat- twins maturity. Um, that's going to get it done because they definitely have some talent, but they're going to have to mature a little bit in order to compete with Burley mountain home and Minico. Jerome was picked fifth. I know that the tigers lost a lot from last year's team. Whew. We, uh, yeah, they are young. I mean, uh, coach Musgrave does a great job with them, but he's starting two freshmen, a sophomore, um, a junior and one senior. And there's only three seniors on the team. And one of them that gets significant minutes, you know, so, I mean, this is, this is going to be one of those years for these young kids just to get experience and see if they can mature over the next couple of years. Wood river uh, was picked uh, to finish uh, seventh there. 
oh and four right now and then canyon ridge was picked to finish sixth the riverhawks are oh and two in the conference but those are their only two losses they're actually four and two overall they've got a lot of good wins they beat pocatello kimberly buell and emmett their two losses just happen to come to burley and minico two teams that we think are going to be pretty good yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, the two losses they have are to, to quality teams. And, you know, Canyon Ridge right now maybe beating the teams that they should beat and losing to the teams that are better than they are. So it's hard to gauge right now until we can get into this conference a little bit more. But, you know, for the girls in this 4A, I mean, it's I, it, I'm looking at three and a half solid teams in this great basin, which is crazy because you just don't get that, that volume in girls basketball a lot of the time. And it's not the, the volume in the, in the uh, comparison or the, you know, the commonality that a lot of them have is like, well, who's the worst team, you know, well, you've got three really good ones and twin, if they can get it together, you may have four fighting for two spots. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how this conference shakes out. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. Um, Canyon Ridge has a big game against Jerome on Thursday. Uh, that could be an early decider. We talked about in football, you know, the teams that were kind of considered in the bottom half of the standings uh, all played each other early and kind of sorted it out amongst themselves early on. Same thing could happen yeah. in basketball. Yeah, yep, it, it definitely could. So once these teams, especially when those top three start playing each other, uh, I think we're going to get some good measuring sticks. Yep. Let's uh, move on to the 3A ranks, the SCIC, the Sawtooth Central Idaho Conference. Coming into the season, two things are known. One, Kimberly is the overwhelming favorite. And two, beyond that, it's anyone's guess. Uh, officially, Gooding was picked second in the preseason coaches poll. But Kimberly, you know, despite the preseason hype, just a two and three record right now, but they've played up, right? They've, they've lost to Canyon Ridge. Uh, they also lost to Jerome, but they also have defeated Wood River and they have, have a, a tight loss to a, to a Snake River team that was at state last year as well. So Kimberly has challenged themselves with the schedule early. So you can't just look at their record and, and put everything into that. But Kimberly has uh, three great athletes to build around in Reese Gary, who, by the way, is an excellent golfer in the spring. She's uh a great golfer, and then also Kelsey Stanger and Mikel Wright. So the question is, kind of like in football this year, Kimberly came in as the overwhelming uh, favorite based on the athletes they had, but can they stay healthy enough? Well, and that's always going to be the thing, too, because when you're returning Gary and Ryder, both all-conference, you know, for Kimberly, you can't afford to lose anybody. And that's really been kind of the problem in girls' basketball, more so than boys' basketball, is, you know, sometimes guys can put four dudes on the floor that can play in girls basketball. You need two or three that can play. And if you can do that, you are going to be competitive in a lot of games, you know, but if one of those two or three go down, then you really, really struggle because the depth doesn't always seem to be there uh, on the girls side of things. And so talking about those big three for Kimberly, yeah, they need to stay healthy for sure. And then it's uh, health is even more uh, paramount for the other three teams in the league because Gooding, Filer, and Buell all have a, a a star player or a player they can lean on night in, night out. But the question is, can players two, three, and four also elevate their game? Alex Rowe at Gooding, Lexi Monson at Filer might be the best all-around athlete in terms of what she brings in multiple sports. And then uh, Trinity Tverdi from 
Buell. I don't know if I said that right or not. Yeah, Tiberti. Okay, <laughs> that's, a, that's a hard one. Um, yeah. For, for Buell, uh, the other interesting wrinkle in, in the 3A ranks this year is a new coach um, at Filer. Mike Amaya, you mentioned, is the new coach at Twin Falls. He was yeah. previously at Filer. So Filer now has Clayton Nebaker to uh, lead that program. Yeah, Nebaker's a, a familiar name in Magic Valley basketball. I mean, there's a, a whole platoon of Nebakers running around southern Idaho, and they're all involved in basketball. So, you know, at least, I mean, they, they did hire well. Losing Amaya is a, is a huge hit. Um, but, you know, they did replace him with the, a guy that does no basketball. So, you know, Filer, they should be just fine. Right now, uh, Filer is two and three, just like Kimberly, but they've also challenged themselves with uh, a pretty rigorous schedule. You know, they've already played Shelly, which is a really good 4A team. They've played Coal Valley Christian, um, which is a a 2A team that's expected to contend for the 2A state title. They only lost by five. They beat Jerome. And then how about this? They they only lost to Stank River by four, 74 to 70. That's a high point total for an early season girls basketball game. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, what what happens in basketball is you start having these, you know, comparisons. Kimberly and Filer both have played Jerome and Kimberly lost Filer won and Filer won pretty handily, but they're, you know, predicted to finish two spots below Kimberly. So this is where it all starts to shake out a little bit because we always play that game, you know, the common opponent game. And, uh, you know, Gooding may have something to say about all this before, before things are done anyway uh, with, with Roe, kind of leading the charge for the senators. Yeah, Gooding four and one as we're recording this. And here's the thing. As we're talking about this, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, December first. So by the time you're listening to this, a team that's four and one might be five and one. They might be mm-hmm. six and one. They might be four and two. Uh so if what we're hearing doesn't jive with what you know, just keep checking IdahoSports.com. Honestly, it's the first thing I do every morning. It's what you should do also because we've got all the scores from the night before, updated standings. Just check it every single morning so you've got the complete picture. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's no better place to go to, to stay you know, kind of abreast of what's happening because in basketball season, it's, it's on the daily. You know, football, we wait till the weekend. Basketball, man, it is a go, go, go. Yes, no stopping. And Gooding uh, hasn't really stopped much either this year in girls' hoops, four and one overall to start the year. Only loss was to Dietrich, but Dietrich's going to be a pretty good team, and we'll talk about them in just a second. First, we've got to get to what's going on in the 2A ranks. This is the league that's wide open when you look at the Canyon Conference. Valley, Declo, Wendell. We sent out those preseason questionnaires. They all tied for first in the coaches' poll. <laughs> yeah, well, that tells you nobody knows anything about what's going on there because that I, I, mean, I don't even know what to tell you. I mean, you've got some players uh, that you need to keep an eye on. I mean, let's start with Declo. You know, Caden Spencer and Macy Larson and and uh, you know th- those two and you know if they can stay healthy, then Declo may have a shot. You know and uh, Scott out of Wendell and even Lewis out of Valley. I mean, there's names there to keep an eye on, you know, but we'll see. And here's the, the weird part or, or one of the quirks of having a three team conference last year, Declo finished first in the conference a year ago with a three and one mark in the league, but they had the worst overall record. They were seven and 16. Otherwise, right. Valley 
went one and three in league play, which was last, but they had the best overall record at 18 and eight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many times have we seen stuff like that happen? You know, where teams have really had awesome years, but their losses have come in the conference tournament a lot of the times, and they don't even get to state. You know, so we see that a lot in these three team conferences. Every loss is important. Yes. So Valley went 18 and eight overall. And even though they were one and three in conference, they did end up winning districts and getting to state. They went two and out. I would give the early nod to Valley and they're off to a good start. They're three and two. Uh, their losses were to Dietrich and Raft River, but otherwise they have wins over Hanson, Glensbury and Shoshone. So kind of trying to figure out where they're at. And that's the thing in a three team conference, you have plenty of time to figure out, you know, what kind of team you are. Yeah, you, you do. And uh, because a lot of your your schedule is non-conference, you know, so, yeah, you get to grow and you get to mature and, and find out kind of what team you're going to be. And then hopefully uh, win those conference games, because those now are a lot more important. Yeah, Valley will find out a lot about itself this weekend when they travel to Cary for the Cary Holiday Tournament. Just a little four team tournament with uh, Cary and Mackey and, and somebody else, a little four team uh, meetup, but it's going to be good competition because we know how good Carrie is uh, this year. So let's talk about the 1A D1 ranks next. Uh, we'll save Carrie and Dietrich and all of them for last. Uh, the 1A D1 ranks, again, a tie for first place in the coaches' poll. Half the coaches said Oakley is the favorite, the other half said Murtaugh. Looks like it's going to be a fun race. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is. Uh, you know, Todd Jensen out of Murtaugh has been around the game for a long time. And, and uh, you know, he's got, uh, I guess, a, a leg up on a lot of things. He's got three solid players, too, to, to everybody to keep an eye on. And we're talking about Stoker, Jensen, and Zavala. And at that level, you know, you, you get three players on the floor that can play. I mean, that at the 1A level, that's huge. And so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Murtaugh's definitely going to be a front runner. I mean, you look at Oakley, they've got a couple of players as well with Jones and Bedke and Payton uh, that can also do some damage. So I'm kind of interested to see how this conference, as small as it is, you know, shakes out. You know, Murtaugh's coming back with a 19-6 and six record from last year. So they're, they're kind of riding a, a little wave of, of success and knowing how to win. Um, I don't know. What do you think? So I think Murtaugh doesn't just want to win the conference this year. They want to get to state and make some noise. They weren't really yep. able to do that last year. So they're, they're ready to take that next step. And Todd Jensen, like you said, mm -hmm. has been around the game a long time. I think they've got the players to do it. Oakley is interesting. Oakley really struggled a year ago. And I think the, the one key player that could swing the entire conference is Oakley's point guard, Hope Payton. She missed uh, mm -hmm. all of last year uh, with an ACL injury. And she's back to run the point for an Oakley team that I think is going to be pretty good. Um, Hope Payton plays point guard, and Matt Payton is the head coach at Oakley. But you also have Raft River lurking on the horizon. They're undefeated at 3-0. and Raft River can never be counted out. And even Lighthouse Christian, right? They've got a great girls' basketball tradition, and they're breaking in a new coach this year in Paige Vickery. So I think there's a lot that – could still be decided in this conference. It's going to be a fun race. Yeah, this could be a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of Coach Vickery, I coached with her. She used to coach here at Jerome uh, with me when I was running the girl running the girls program, and uh, she's going to be a great asset 
for Lighthouse to to build on. You know, so yeah, like like you said, I'm interested to see where those three, four, and five teams shake out with the likes of Murtaugh, Oakley, and maybe even Raft River. And the early the early standings uh, bear that out, right? Raft River's three and zero. Oakley is two and zero. Lighthouse and Murtaugh both two and one. That's going to be pretty yeah. good conference. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's going to be fun. And and you know, like we said, it's it's a big conference, six six teamer. Uh, and so you're going to see up and down that that leaderboard all season. It's going to be fun. All right, one A D two Sawtooth Conference. There's a big void because the last three years it has been all about Kylie Wood and the Kerry Panthers. Right, Kylie Wood uh, is the all-time leading scorer in Kerry history. She is the uh, record holder for most points in the game, most three-pointers in the game for Kerry girls basketball. She's gone now. She's playing uh, college basketball, I think, in Minnesota somewhere. Um, so it's it's kind of left this void and this opening in terms of not only which team will step up and, and take that top position, but also which individual player uh, could take over the league and win the conference player of the year. So this is going to be an interesting league as well. Yeah. I mean, Kerry's going to have to look in a couple of different directions now for some leadership, you know, and, and they've kind of targeted Park and Vargas to, to do that for them. But, you know, the, the conference has spoken and they don't see Kerry repeating without their star player anymore. They, they kind of feel that maybe Richfield is the team to beat this year in that conference. Uh, so yeah, we'll be uh, interested to see what happens because Richfield does, you know, they've got, you know, Hendren and Truman that are going to be the leaders of that team. And they feel that they're mature enough and they're ready to, uh, to lead this conference and keep everybody uh, in second place, you know? Richfield is a team that uh, so so this is a conference that sent three teams to state last year: Cary, Richfield, and mm-hmm. Camas County. And for Camas County, it was like their second appearance at state ever. Uh, the only other time being like 2001 or 2002, something like that. So Richfield got to state last year by winning the play-in game and upsetting a Garden Valley team that I think a lot of people assumed would just steamroll over Richfield. Ridgefield last year uh, wasn't pretty on offense, but man, could they defend. And it looks like they've got all the pieces together again to be a really strong defensive team. If you look at their four and two start to the season for Ridgefield, look at what they've allowed so far. 13 points in a win over Wendell, 29 points in a loss to Oakley, 16 points in a win over Camus, 23 points in a win over Rimrock. 15, I mean, the, the only the only two games where anybody's gotten close to 40 was Rockland, which they lost 38 to 15, and Dietrich, which won a tight one 40 to 38. So if Ridgefield can defend like this, just like they did last year, they're in every single game, I think. No, I agree. And it does start on the defensive side of things. You ask any coach that's, that ever played and had, you know, been around for a while, they'll tell you, I mean, it's going to begin and end with defense because your offense is going to come and go. And if you, you can bring the defense, defense travels, offense doesn't sometimes. And so as long as they can kind of hang their hat on defense, man, they'll be in every game that they play. And uh, they're going to give some people some fits, you know, and I like the way that Richfield has played over the last couple of years, you know, just really kind of aggressive, tenacious, uh, quick, get after you. Um, And so if they can just find a way to get the ball in the basket and maintain that defensive intensity, you know, I think that's why people have got them pegged to uh, win the conference. 
you know, I heard complaints from uh, other fans from other schools last year at state because I, I did the one AD two girls state tournament. They said, ah, Richfield's just gimmicky. They do this, you know, they do this uh, all out blitz on defense. And I, I, after watching them play, it's not a gimmick. It's it's a style and it's mm-hmm. it's what they do. And they're really good at. I think their head coach, Buck Hendren, summed it up best in our season preview. Um, he said, we have a history of great defensive intensity but we need to average more than the 35 points per game we averaged last year to be contenders. And I would agree offensively uh, their, their defensive prowess uh, really masked a lot of their offensive problems last year. So that's the big question for me is to compete on a state level. Can their offense be a little bit better? Yeah. You know, and what, what Richfield's going to have to start doing is turning defense into offense. And I know they do this already, but you know, it does become a, a numbers game and a statistics game it's one thing to get turnovers. It's another thing to do something with them, you know? And so what you see a lot of times in basketball is you see these teams that create turnovers, but then they don't know how to score in the half court, you know, but a team like Richfield or any team that predicates themselves on defense, you get the turnover and you get your butt up the floor and you run and you score in transition where you don't have to run a half court, because if you can get a team to run a half court offense, you know, every time down the floor, you're, you're probably going to beat them, you know, because it's just tough to score in a half court all the time. And that's what a defensive team will do for you is they will get those turnovers. And if you're getting five, six, seven layups a game on turnovers, I mean, think about that. I mean, there's 12, 14 points that are just given to you because you play good defense. Those are points in seven possessions that you don't have to score in the half court, you know, and that's why Richfield will always be in a game because of their defense. Richfield, we talked about, already has some impressive wins over Wendell, a 2A program, Rimrock, a 1A D1 school that uh, is favored to win their conference, a close loss to Dietrich. Um, So early on, Richfield looks like they're going to be right in the mix. Dietrich is the one team that has beaten Richfield so far this year. They were kind of a 500 team last year in, in both overall record and conference record. Rick Estelle is the head coach. He, he's been coaching a long time, and he's going to rely on Haley Estelle and Layla Von Barrent to uh, to lead that team. But D- Dietrich is kind of the mystery team to me because um, if they can improve their play, they could be a real factor. Oh, they can. And Dietrich has the one thing that a lot of schools don't have, and they've got a pedigree. You know, they've got a culture, and uh, winning is is something that just happens in Dietrich. You know, whether it's basketball, football, chess team, doesn't matter. It's it's Dietrich. And so they do bring a culture of winning, and especially when you've got Estelle that's been there for a while. Um, they definitely have some experience in that area. So, yeah, Dietrich is – don't count them out. I know I just talked up Richfield, but, you know, Dietrich had a little something to say about that earlier this year. So that, that could be a real fun conference. Yes, uh, Richfield one, carry to Dietrich three in the preseason coaches poll. Hanson was picked fourth in the in the preseason coaches poll, and you would look just on the surface and go, "Well, Hanson went two and eighteen last year. How could they possibly be be picked fourth in the preseason coaches poll?" But if you uh, listen to their head coach Nick Gonzalez, he says, "Look, we barely had enough numbers last year. We we had so many girls that were playing both JV and varsity. We'd get to the end end of varsity games and we would be just we'd be gassed. We'd be totally spent. And he said once the JV season ended, 
and we could combine all of our efforts efforts into varsity, he said, we really turned a corner. And I think it bore out in districts. They only lost by five in the game that ended their season. So depth is going to be the question for Hanson. They may struggle a bit through the regular season again, but I wouldn't want to play him at, at, at district time. Yeah, you know, and that's always been the thing with Hanson too, is numbers. I mean, we've had, you know, years where they've had to co-op and and the Murtaugh Hanson co-op and, and and stuff like that. But Hanson's always had number issues. And, you know, when you get down into the 1A level, you still have to put five on the floor, just like the five A's do. You know, so it's not three versus three. <laughs> it's not eight man football. You know, you got to find five people, five bodies that can do it in a very physically demanding sport. And you see that a lot in these thin teams is they just run out of gas. And if you run out of gas all the time, then you, you kind of have a propensity for injury as well. And so there's a lot of things happening when you don't have numbers. And if Hansen can stay healthy um, and not battle numbers issues, you know, I, I wouldn't count them out either. Because obviously everybody else in the conference thinks they've got something there. Speaking of schools with low numbers, Camas County, I talked about it, got to state for the second time ever in, in school history last year. They did it with just seven players and, re and really yeah. Si yeah. Six, six players that really played. John Boats is a great coach, and we talked about the void that's going to be left by Kylie Wood. Who's going to step up and win conference player of the year? I think his daughter, Ashley Boats, uh, could step right in, and she she's going to be uh, expected to carry the load offensively for a team, again, that's going to have very low numbers, and I could see Ashley putting up big numbers and winning the conference player of the year. Yeah, and she's going to have to. I mean, there's just no, no bones about it. She is going to have to be the gal – uh, to carry that team. And if, if she can't do it, then it may be maybe a rough year. But, you know, she's definitely a skillful player and definitely has the uh, mentorship uh, in front of her. So, yeah, she's really going to have to have a great year. So Camas County only had seven players last year. They lost their two starting posts to graduation. Mm -hmm. And a third player moved to Washington. And Coach Boats knew that this player was moving to Washington when I talked to him before state last year. And so I, I was talking to him a little bit and he said, you know, we better savor this trip because we may not have enough players to even have a team next year. I said, yeah. are you serious? He goes, I'm dead serious. Unless we get a couple of eighth graders that are going to be coming in as freshmen and get them to buy in, we may not have enough for a team. Now he was able to get those, those younger players in, but he's only going to have about seven players total in the program again. So you're talking about in practice, you're either having five on three with a couple of chairs or five on three with an assistant coach and his kid, his 10 year old kid. You know what I'm talking about? The, the oh, things yeah. that small schools go through. Oh yeah. And I've been there before. I mean, it's, if you don't have the numbers, then, you know, it changes the way that you coach because you cannot do things that you would do if you had 10, 11, 12 people on, on your roster. And it makes practice dynamic a completely different animal because you don't get a lot of that scrimmage time, that five on five. I mean, it's it's a lot of drills. It's a lot of three versus three, but it's not the same as five on five. And so it, it is a different way to coach. And if you are coaching a team in basketball that doesn't have the numbers like that, boy, that is really, really challenging. Um, and, and it makes for good coaches because they are really going to have to do things differently. Now, despite that, Camas County is three and one. 
Their only loss came to Richfield, and they only lost 32-16. to And I think that's probably where Richfield's aggressive style defensively just wore out Camas County, who didn't have players. But Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's and that is just kind of the uh the epitome of what we were talking about earlier. It's just the defense for Richfield. But if you don't have the guns and you have a defensive team that is just harassing you all night, it does wear on you. Uh yeah. big time. So that's gonna be a fun conference. Castle Ford and Hagerman were picked uh sixth and seventh. I think more so because coaches just don't know much about those teams. And hopefully we learn more about those squads as we get going here in the season but yeah and it's always fun to to take these preseason rankings and then at the end of the year go back and see how close everybody was you know because that gives you an idea of what teams came together and matured what teams had injury problems because there's so many storylines are going to happen between now and february that this list of teams that we're looking at may not even be the, i mean it may be flipped on its ear who knows yeah, for sure. So Scott, we just ran through pretty much every girls basketball team in the Magic Valley. Give me give me the one team that you are most excited to follow through the course of the season and kind of chart their progress. Give me one. Mm. Um golly. <laughs> Put me on the spot. Um I am I I am looking forward to seeing what Burley does. Um just because of how do they handle a star player? Because I've seen so many times that you get a star player and everybody else just stands around and everybody else just waits until the star player passes them the ball. They just, I've seen it a thousand times and I've also seen the star player try to do too much, you know? Um, and so I'm interested in, in following Burley and the dynamic that happens there because Amari Whiting is obviously the best player on the floor, no matter, you know, who she plays. Um, but what are her teammates going to do? Are they going to get better? And what is Amari going to do to make them better? Because that's sometimes what a star forgets to do is make their teammates better because all of a sudden she's in foul trouble one game or she tweaks an ankle or whatever the case is. What has she taught her teammates to do? you know, in her absence. And so that's why I'm interested because to me, it's a little bit beyond the game, you know, and, and that's why I'm interested in that one. Okay. That's a good answer. I'm going to say Oakley uh, because they're a team that is trying to break through into the upper echelon of their league. And they've got, again, like I said, I think the real X factor in uh, Peyton, their, their point guard who missed uh, all of last season. And so I'm going to, I'm going to be intrigued to see how they do, because now the expectations are on, right? They haven't been picked to win in years past, and now all of a sudden they've tied for first in the preseason coaches poll. How do they handle that yeah. being in a new spot? So Oakley is my team. Okay. Well, I think there's a lot of teams up and down the, the conferences here in the Magic Valley that are going to be fun to watch and some good storylines. And as we kind of move through the season, we'll be getting those storylines like we did in our football podcast and uh, sharing them with our audience. So that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I know we threw a lot at the listeners slash viewers here in this first. We we rattled off a lot of names from a lot of teams, but um, this help this hopefully will give you an idea of who to look out for when you're watching these games, whether it's on IdahoSports.com or or in person. Um, and hopefully we're we're able to give you some of that background info. So, yep, absolutely. So excited for the basketball season and uh, and some pretty good podcasts coming our way.
Definitely. All right. Well, we'll do the exact same thing next week, except we'll talk boys basketball. A lot of teams are just opening their season this week. All of our previews will be up on IdahoSports.com. It'll give us a chance to really dive in and break down what's happening on the boys basketball scene. Sound good? Sounds fantastic. All right. Thanks for tuning in to uh, another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast. Uh, enjoy the games this week, everybody. For Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time as he loses his sunglasses at the very end here. We finally, <laughs> yeah, we can finally see your eyes. Uh, we'll uh, we'll sign off there. I don't want to subject you to any more of this. So we'll see you next time <laughs> on IdahoSports.com.